This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 81. Pale Crawlers and the Rake The Legend of the Rake began as a collaborative online project. When one user posted on 4chan's B-board inviting others to contribute details for physical attributes and habits to help make a new monster. Photoshopped images of the rake were quickly created, and details of the monster's identity were tracked to this 2013 blog post. Quote, Here's what we've got so far. Humanoid, about six feet tall when standing, but usually crouches and walks on all fours. Has very pale skin. The face is blank. As in, no nose, no mouth. However, it has three solid green eyes, one in the middle of its forehead, and the other two on either side of its head, towards the back. Usually it's seen in front yards and suburban areas. Usually it just watches the observer, but will stand up and attack if approached. When it does attack, a mouth opens up, as if a hinged skull that opens at the chin, and it reveals many tiny but dull teeth. End quote. The character's spindly limbs, low to the ground lurking, and many teeth helped contribute to its name. This collaborative effort fleshed out the beast at a shocking speed. By the end of 2013, an elaborate narrative had formed around this gruesome creation. In the fictitious origin story of the rake, sightings of the monster occurred as early as 2003, when reported encounters with the curious, frightening creature began cropping up in the northeastern United States. That is, before a media blackout on the subject apparently began. As a result, urban legend has it that there was little to no known information on the rake until around 2006. When the experiencers began collaborating to research the creature and discovered close to two dozen documents with dates ranging across centuries. All the documents describe similar encounters with the fearsome fiend. Some of the supposed artifacts include a suicide note from 1964, a journal entry translated from Spanish dated 1880, and a mariner's log from 1691. Meanwhile, internet message boards began to fill up with terrifying and ostensibly fabricated tales of horror and intrigue, such as this. Three years ago, I had just returned from a trip to Niagara Falls with my family for the 4th of July. We were all very exhausted after a long day of driving, 
So my husband and I put the kids right to bed and called it a night. At about 4 a.m., I woke up thinking my husband had gotten up to use the restroom. I used the moment to steal back the sheets, only to wake him in the process. I apologized and told him I thought he had gotten out of bed. When he turned to face me, he gasped and pulled his feet up from the end of the bed so quickly that his knee almost knocked me out of it. He then grabbed me and said nothing. After adjusting to the dark for a half second, I was able to see what caused the strange reaction. At the foot of the bed, sitting and facing away from us, there was what appeared to be a naked man or a large, hairless dog of some sort. Its body position was disturbing and unnatural, as if it had been hit by a car or something. For some reason, I was not instantly frightened by it, but more concerned about its condition. At this point, I was somewhat under the assumption that we were supposed to help him. My husband was peering over his arm and knee, tucked into the fetal position, occasionally glancing at me before returning to the creature. In a flurry of motion, the creature scrambled around the side of the bed and then crawled quickly in a flailing sort of motion right along the bed until it was less than a foot from my husband's face. It was completely silent for about 30 seconds. Probably closer to five. It just seemed like a while. It was just looking at my husband. The creature then placed its hand on his knee and then ran into the hallway leading to the kids' room. I screamed and ran for the light switch, planning to stop him before he hurt my kids. When I got to the hallway, the light from the bedroom was enough to see it crouching and hunched over about 20 feet away. It turned around and looked directly at me, covered in blood. I flipped the switch on the wall and saw my daughter, Clara. The creature ran down the stairs while my husband and I rushed to help our daughter. She was very badly injured and spoke only once more in her short life. She said, He is the rake. My husband drove his car into a lake that night while rushing our daughter to the hospital. He did not survive. Being a small town, news got around pretty quickly. The police were helpful at first, and the local newspaper took a lot of interest. However, the story was never published, and the local television news never followed up either. For several months, my son Justin and I stayed in a hotel near my parents' house. After we decided to return home, I began looking for answers myself. I eventually located a man in the next town over who had a similar story. We got in contact and began talking about our experiences. He knew of two other people in New York who had seen the creature we now referred to as the Rake. It took the four of us about two solid years of hunting on the internet and writing letters to come up with a small collection of what we believed to be accounts of the Rake. None of them gave any details, history, or follow-up. One journal had an entry involving the creature in its first three pages, and never mentioned it again. A ship's log explained nothing of the encounter, saying only that they were told to leave by the rake. That was the last entry in the log. There were, however, many instances where the creature's visit was one of a series of visits with the same person. Multiple people also mentioned being spoken to, my daughter included. 
This led us to wonder if the rake had visited any of us before our last encounter. So I set up a digital recorder near my bed, left it running all night, every night, for two weeks. I would tediously scan through the sounds of me rolling around in my bed each day when I woke up. By the end of the second week, I was quite used to occasional sound of sleep while blurring through the recording at eight times normal speed. On the first day of the third week, I thought I heard something different. What I found was a shrill voice. It was the rake. I can't listen to it long enough to even begin to transcribe it. I haven't let anyone listen to it yet. All I know is that I've heard it before, and I now believe that it spoke when it was sitting in front of my husband. I don't remember hearing anything at the time, but for some reason the voice on the recorder immediately brings me back to that moment. The thoughts that must have gone through my daughter's head make me very upset. I have not seen the rake since he ruined my life, but I know that he has been in my room while I slept. I know and fear that one night I'll wake up to see him staring at me. Around 2014, sightings of a surprisingly similar nature began to show up with disclaimers like, This is not creepypasta. And this really happened. This is not a story about the rake. It wasn't long before the beast had a name. Pale Crawlers, also known as Ashmen and Pale Men, are humanoid creatures known for their distinctive pale, hairless, ashen skin and emaciated appearance. They average five to eight feet in height, but are typically seen crawling on all fours in a hunched position. Their faces are reported to have sunken or black eyes, many sharp teeth, or in some cases no mouth, and no lips or noses. Sound familiar? People rush to their keyboards to either defend the legitimacy of the pale crawlers, or to label these tales as misrepresented fiction. Stories like the following. I walk my dog at night during the summer because it's too hot for him. A couple weeks ago, I was taking him on our normal route. It was probably around 11.30 on a clear night. The road we were on is kind of dark. Every other telephone pole is a light unlike other roads in the neighborhood that have one per pole. As I'm walking, I notice that it was strangely quiet. The crickets are usually still going until about 12.30am, but there wasn't anything. No wind, no insects, no people. I notice the silence, but I don't really think much of it until I hear a loud rustling in the bushes around the tree that we had walked past no more than two minutes before. I shrugged it off. I run into plenty of wildlife in the neighborhood. Deer, raccoons, and possums frequent the area and like to roam out of the woods at night. My dog heard it and lost interest after a couple of seconds. I turn around and I keep walking, but I hear it again. This time when I turn around, I see the leaves moving at the top of the tree. Not a small number of leaves either. It looks like someone has climbed up in the tree and jumped up and down on a limb. At this point, I'm tr watching the tree, and so is my dog. His fur is standing up on end, and neither of us could see anything. Nothing moves. Not even the wind blows the tree around. We turn and get the fuck out of there. I don't hear anything. But it feels like we're being watched the whole time. Even after rounding the corner on the street, I found a new route for our Natla dog walks. 
This happened a few years ago when my friends and I were in our junior year of high school, around 2018. There's a national forest area northwest of our small western Colorado hometown. This used to be Ute land before the Meeker massacre happened and the natives were forced from it. Being teenagers, we would frequent this area in our trucks to have bonfires, shoot targets, drink, smoke, without having to worry about the local police crashing our party. One night we were having a small bonfire with a group of four of my close friends. It was a pretty quiet night. I had picked everyone up in my pickup, so it was the only vehicle available, and the road to the clearing was a bit treacherous. We had to be very careful to not get stuck in the mud or trees. Throughout the night, we kept hearing what sounded like a sort of owl. Almost like someone impersonating an owl. Now, owls are fairly rare in this part of Colorado, so it put a few of us on edge. It's a very dry climate. A more appropriate home for vultures and mountain lions. We heard the noise five times throughout a one-hour span and it quickly devolved from a hoo-hoo to just a single hoo noise, similar to a gorilla sound. At this point, we were concerned, and one of my buddies taunted whatever was making the noise by repeating it back into the tree line. Much to the delight of the more intoxicated among us, the sound was immediately repeated, much louder than before, as if it was just behind the tree. The rest of us were about to shit ourselves, and it wasn't long before everyone was scrambling to the truck. I hauled ass to the main road. It was still washboard gravel, so I tried my best to channel my inner rally car driver and get us the hell out of there. On the drive down the mountain, one of my friends was riding shotgun, and the rest were sitting in the bed facing backward. As we rounded a curve, chaos ensued. I heard screaming from the bed of the truck and my friend sitting shotgun began shrieking, eyes locked on whatever the hell was happening back there. Instinctively, I slammed on the brakes and looked in the rear view. The look I got at it was quick and frantic, but I know what I saw was a skinny, hairless, humanoid creature with an arched back sprinting across the road behind the truck on all fours. No coordination to its movement, It moved as if it were an old man trying to bear crawl at two times video speed. I barely had time to process it before I was screamed at to hit the gas. We finally got off the mountain, and my friends in the back of the truck appeared shell-shocked. I asked them if they saw what it was, and they refused to answer, only saying, Get us the fuck out of here. It was only afterward, when we were at our friend's house, that they felt comfortable talking about what they saw. And everyone described it the same way. All fours, fast as hell, and humanoid. Two of the three described it as having long, creepy fingers. Apparently its eyes locked on the truck as it crossed the road. They say they saw trees and bushes moving as we drove down, as if it were trying to catch up to us. Four years later, and this story still makes my hair stand on end when I tell it. In addition, other weird things began to happen in that forest after nightfall. We personally encountered a goat that had been killed by something, feet straight up in the air, stomach slashed in six equal cuts, 
and head nowhere to be found. I moved out of that town three years ago, but whenever I come to visit it creeps me out. I refuse to enter the area after dark, even near sunset. One bizarre report given on Reddit, in a thread about humanoid encounters, is from a man who claims he and a friend saw a pale white creature they refer to as an inorganic being in the wilds of British Columbia, Canada in 2010. On this evening, the two of them were out exploring the area along with the friend's dog, and they came to a steep cliff overlooking the forest area, and that is when the witness noticed a very peculiar entity in the trees. He says this of what happened. There's a steep cliff made out of forest floor when you first walk in. It's only about 10 or 15 feet into the forest area from where we entered. We were standing at the edge overlooking the pathway that led down to the rest of the forest and the creek at the bottom. This is a path that we know well. It was the only safe way to walk down, particularly at night. I was admiring the view when a figure came into focus. It was a seven to eight feet tall, pure white, soft-looking figure, standing between the trees, moving around lazily, swaying left to right, back and forth, just slowly standing in the exact same place the entire time we saw it. It made absolutely no sound, and there was absolutely no wind. Now when I say pure white, I mean paper, bone white. It wasn't transparent, just two pure white, extremely long limbs from what we could see in the dark. Its flesh was so white that it looked like it was almost giving off light, but it wasn't. It wasn't shining or illuminating the trees or ground around it, and you could see the shadow of a low-hanging branch pass over it as it swayed back and forth in the same place between the trees. It had no facial features from what we could see, and it was swaying back and forth. I can only describe it as like a seven to eight foot tall separated curtains blowing in the wind, touching the forest floor. It's bizarre, but just swaying right and left, back and forth, in a specific motion with no sound at all. And again, absolutely no wind, dead silent. It emanated the feeling of dread and impending doom. It wasn't long before I realized that I was being mesmerized by this strange movement. I tried my best to squint my eyes and adjust them to the dark in an attempt to better see what it was doing or just get a better idea of what it looked like, but it didn't help at all. No matter how long I stood there, no matter how hard I squinted, it still appeared just as I described. I wasn't even going to say anything about the figure to my friend at first because I was waiting for him to say something. We observed it for about a minute in complete silence before I asked my friend if he saw it. He nodded and mumbled in the affirmative. We stood silent in fear as we were watching it do its strange, unsettling, soft dance, just trying to adjust our eyes to this thing and see what it was doing. 
As I was in a slight daze watching it sway, I started to feel this ominous energy settle over me, that sinking feeling in my chest like I was about to die or if I were in a life-threatening situation. Shivers ran through my entire body. That's when I told my friend, I don't like this. He agreed. With some effort, I pried my eyes away from the creature and we left the area the way we had come. There were absolutely no sounds in the forest. It was dead silent while it moved back and forth. Its movements could have been a lure of some sort because it didn't move toward us or anywhere really. Maybe it was just letting us know to stay away because it was just as scared of us as we were of it. It was literally something you would see in a science fiction horror movie. I continuously encounter a pale humanoid creature, and I'm scared it's for a reason. I live at an Ojibwe reservation in a very rural area in northern Wisconsin, and it's heavily wooded. One night, two summers ago, I was coming back from my grandparents' house with my ex-boyfriend. He saw this thing on one side of the road that looked like a naked person with its back turned to us. Its skin wasn't like a normal human. It was more like buckskin. It didn't move. We both saw it and freaked the fuck out. We still would talk about it sometimes, but we didn't see anything else after that. Until tonight. I'm a wreck. We have finally broken up. He kicked me out. I was driving to my grandparents alone with my cats and all of my shit packed into my car. I saw reflective eyes and thought, deer. So I slowed down. But it wasn't a deer. I could have honestly written it off as if is that if its upper body hadn't moved. It was on two legs, tall, muscular, and had that same buckskin appearance. Now there's no way that this was a person. It was freezing rain in the middle of nowhere. I'm scared it might recognize me. So what is the rake? Is this, as we have all assumed, a manufactured monster designed by committee? It certainly appeared that way for a brief moment, but the growing prevalence of pale crawler encounter stories leads us down a different path. Could the pale crawler be a prime example of an egregore, a tulpa? Could this be the physical manifestation of a subculture's obsession with this initially imaginary entity? Or could the rake have been created, intentionally or otherwise, based on real experiences with the entities known as pale crawlers? One thing is clear. When folklore and the phenomena occupy the same space in our minds... We are often left with a social reality even less defined than usual, where the blurry edges of perception leave us with more questions than answers. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We are your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. All right. Yeah, this is a, this is a good one. We, yeah. We've... we've we did a what was it a Friday? I think it was a Friday Night Fred episode where we talked yep. where we talked about the rake, um, yeah. And that was a that was a pretty cool story. So 
I'm stoked to talk about some of these other encounters and stories uh, within this story. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, the rake is like at this point, it's like classic creepy pasta. It's like only only Slenderman is bigger, I think, within the creepy pasta community. Yeah, some would argue that the rake is a form of Slenderman. Yeah, that I could see that. Mm-hmm. But okay, maybe I haven't read enough creepy pasta, but <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. But right, isn't Slenderman supposedly like this shadowy entity, sort of? Well, he's essentially this long, lanky, slendery type man, right? And a lot okay. of the a lot of the depictions of the rake as this pale, long, very slender figure sure. match what a lot of people describe Slenderman. So maybe the rake is just Slenderman in battle mode. Slenderman's proxy, like down on all fours, <laughs> like charging at you. Right. You know. I don't know. I full disclosure. I haven't read much Slenderman creepypasta. Yeah. At all. That's fair. I mean, I, once I, you read one, it's all the same. So. Yeah, I, I've never been on. I've honestly never been a big like Reddit person or 4chan or any of that yeah. stuff. Like, I've never been a big on message boards really. So, um. I, the first time I ever really thought about Slenderman actually was when um, last podcast on the left covered the whole thing with the girls who stabbed the other yeah. girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like a new thing to me. Like I had heard the name used, but I I hadn't read anything. I mean they've they've made a movie. Uh, well, they've made there's been a couple other movies based on Slenderman, but like a major like motion picture really uh yeah about slender man yeah i think it's even just called slender man wow i didn't know that it's not just like vaguely inspired by it it's like actually about slender man yeah it's a uh, yeah it's an actual uh it was a, it was a big movie yeah 2018 it, i mean it was actually pretty decent it wasn't bad by okay. any means for sure uh so you know kind of one of those it's pretty like a it is what it is flick. right yeah right yeah but i okay. i enjoyed it for what it was interesting so hollywood just supporting the tulpization of slender man i mean there. yeah I, th- <laughs> why why not bring these things to life right yeah why not exactly um but yeah the rake is basically it's i i've read a way more especially after this week now i've read way more creepypastas about the rake than I have Slenderman. It freaks me out more. I think, like, people who go deep on Slenderman, it's like a mental, emotional thing is, like, most of his what's scary about Slenderman. Right. The the rake, to me, feels, like, more visceral and physical. Like, this is a thing that will get you. Yeah, because, I mean, Slender... Yeah, Slenderman's definitely more mental-based. And once you start to... Essentially, your goal is to like feed it, right? To right bring it, you know, just bring yourselves to it or whatever else. Like when it calls out to you. Um, whereas, yeah, the rake is definitely a lot more physical. What's interesting here is there is a huge spate of people within the like fourteen community that document these pale crawler encounters, and 
they they consider the pale crawler to be completely legitimate phenomena and it's i mean they're identical yeah i well i think like think of some of the, some some horror movies right where you have this uh this like physical being figure whatever mm-hmm. somewhat physical i guess um as it's like crawling toward you and stuff i mean there's there's a lot of you know we've talked a lot of some of these hauntings that have these types of figures that yeah. i you know i i could say yeah that could be like they could all be one and the same sure um i think i think maybe the rake as it was being formed under this you know this kind of uh you know this thing that was done what back in 2013 yeah, uh, as they were kind of piecing this thing together, could have been inspired by some of these, you know, yeah. either just past experiences or people like hearing of, uh, you know, these kind of ghastly figures that uh, you know, could potentially present themselves like that. Yeah, so, I mean, the rake is essentially a ghoul, right? So right? I mean, I could definitely see, you know, that being or these being you know, authentic things. Sure. But also still that one and the same. That existed before. Yeah, that existed before and after the rape. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it does kind of remind me of the elemental that's seen in, um, what's that castle? Leap castle. castle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that was the one I was thinking of. It's like crawling on the ceilings. And, yeah. 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 And that's, and that's described very similarly. Yeah. By the way, our friend, uh, Lady Anne Celine, everyone should go back and listen to our last fireside chat with her because she went there and like hung out in the bloody chapel and said it was one of the most beautiful, peaceful places she's ever been in her life. I mean, I'm so, sure it is at this point. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of activity going on these days. She didn't spot any elementals. What is it? The brothers, the brothers that, uh, I think they were brothers, brothers or cousins or I think it's a couple that runs it. Oh, now no, I was talking about like the original story. Like, Oh yeah. What caused that like bloody scene in that, that area. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, I think it was a brother that killed his other brother, like came in and, you know, because he wasn't, he wasn't next in line where he thought he should be and whatever else. Yeah. A little bit of classic. Yeah, now, it's a, now it's a couple like this guy. I think he he does music, and his wife is like a dancer or something. I, yeah. I briefly, vaguely remember. Um, yeah, I think she does those. Um, oh, what are those that with like the silk things that hang from the ceiling yeah, and yeah. all that stuff, all that Cirque du Soleil type shit, right? Yeah, stuff that I could never even fathom doing, <laughs> right? But there, I mean, the guy who runs Lep Castle now seems super cool. She she said she really enjoyed him and like the, his approach to the whole thing, which yeah. we talked about in our episode about Lep Castle. Yeah, yeah, it, and their goal is just to redo it and do it well. Yeah. Right, and they supposedly interact with the you know spirits haunting the place in like a really positive way. Like this is your house. We're just we're just hanging out in it. Which reminds yep. me of like you know like the Ackley family haunt. The ones where where people just like go along to get along, they seem right. to fare a lot I mean, better. I feel like those situations like that present a more positive atmosphere yeah. than you know, like these traditional hauntings, like Smurl haunting and sure, like uh, the Devil House or whatever. The one up in Gary, uh, Zach Bagan's yeah. one he bought. 
the demon um, house demon house yeah that one like you know like the way that those go maybe if they're yeah. like hey you know as long as you keep it down you guys are cool and they would have been like oh so yeah. sorry i didn't realize we were so low right um you know like turn maybe. it down to six jerry yeah <laughs> um no i i mean i think that's it's co-creation man yeah that's that's what it is. If you put positive energy out, you're going to get positive visions of the phenomena. Like that that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I think there's so. evidence I mean, of it all over. I think there's still the potential that you know that might not always be quite. Right. Uh, well, know, sometimes quite you're pleasant, putting on a but... sometimes you're putting on a happy face. I mean, true. But what yeah. what you have really going on inside reflects darkness, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they can feed off of that. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. We can pickle that. I don't that. know. <laughs> Always. Um, so going going back to the story. I mean, that's that's another another big theory on, on the Pale Crawler thing. Because, like you were saying, it could have existed before and inspired the rake. Right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's a thing that's existed all along. But it also could... This could be like, you know an egregore like a society-wide tulpa it could be co-creation it could be like so much energy and thought went into these you know stories of the rake that it started actually manifesting experiences in actuality yeah i mean in and as we go back and talk about dreams and stuff um you know he's a lot of a lot of things especially that you think about and you know that build themselves up can turn into dreams and turn into these experiences that you can have. So, yeah, I I mean, I definitely could see that being something that's been manifested into a quote-unquote real thing. Or a physical thing. Absolutely. I mean, it's... I, I think it's just as likely. But you do make a good point that there have been very similar... They started calling them pale crawlers in, like, the late teens. Right? But... It's very similar to things that have been described for centuries. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it, I yeah, like you said, it's it's very ghoul based, very you know, very ghoulish. Yeah, it's just this gaunt, emaciated, humanoid thing with and a that's weird been ass face. Described for hundreds of years. Yeah, forever. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah I mean, I could I could see that having a, a big influence on this, and then. You know, hearing of this, of the rake as this is formed and, you know, people are now being told, like, this is what this is and whatever else. When they start to see these things later on, these pale face or pale crawlers or whatever else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, yeah, I would just say they're, they're probably just the same thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that makes good sense to me. Cause like, good sense. <clears throat> yeah. Whether you, um, whether you realize that. Whether you realize that you're inspired by by something you've you know taken in in the past or not, it, I mean, think about like music, right? Mm-hmm. Like how much music is written based off of what you've taken in, right? Exactly, it's inspired yeah. by everything you've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, everything has some influence from something else. Yeah, doesn't matter what it is. Like any new creation, any new type, like. It, it, technology for example that's just taking something older and making it better yeah building off of it exactly so like everything is influenced by something yeah whether or not it's something 
real or something that's just imagined or whatever else. Everything is, I, yeah, just based off of some influence by something that's yeah. out there. Yeah. I, I mean, coincidentally, just about an hour before we started recording, I was watching an interview that Conan O'Brien did with Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. And yeah. um, he was talking about how he realized years after writing the sweater song that like that it was essentially a Metallica song in the in major key. It <laughs> yeah. was like it's the I, same I've exact riff that. as yeah. a Metallica song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just in major. So like shit like that happens all the time in in other things. So it the Rake's creation definitely could have been inspired by by real real accounts from the past. Yeah, agreed. Agreed for sure. But there are a few other ideas out there. Like such the as the idea that like the idea that pale crawlers are skinwalkers. That what All people right. are seeing are yeah. skinwalkers. In some, you know, generally the idea is that like people are catching them mid transformation. And that's and they lash out and they're like in this weird sort of in between state. Because they're often described as like they don't move quite right. Right. And they're clumsy and kind of you well, know even I mean? like the the one where it's it's follow or they see it from like the truck bed or whatever. Yeah, how it's like moving at twice two times the speed of or, I don't yeah. know like the way that's yeah. described. I could see it being like very jerky and yep. almost uh, awkward. Yeah, re- very awkward for sure. Yeah, which you know that that falls in line with the idea that it's like not quite in its the its intended form. Yeah, you know? for sure that. And it's a ton of these accounts come from like from land around or in reservations. So of course people think, you know, native legend. Um, well, of course. Sense. Yeah. Agreed. If you're someone who grows up hearing tales of skinwalkers in like serious hushed tones and you know what I mean? Like that is part of your world growing up. And then you see one of these things, of course you're going to think skinwalker. Right. Right. Yeah, because wasn't there the one that was like on the Ojibwe uh, yep. area? Yeah, yep, in Wisconsin. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely see that. And a lot of these coming, you know, I mean, being in like the the one that took place in Colorado, literally yep, on out land. on the mountain, right? Exactly. Yep. So yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Yeah, that's that's something that I wanted to include in multiple in multiple of the stories that I wrote because like. There are so many accounts of the ones I read that took place on reservations. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there we go. I'm. Yeah. I'm sure in some native folklore, there's probably some similar uh, thing to the rake that I mean, we you know don't even know its name or whatever else you know yeah. without yeah. maybe digging a bit further. But yeah, I'm sure there's there's similar creatures or figures or uh, you know these things. And just native yeah. folklore. Yeah, I'm, I know there are a bunch in, like, um, in indigenous Canadian tribes, like, further north. Yeah. I know that there, there's tons of lore up there for a very similar creature. Especially in, like, the Yukon area. For oh, yeah. sure, yep. A ton. Mm-hmm. All these stories of, like, these are um, a band of entities that, you know, that tribe shamans are constantly engaged with and trying to keep from stealing the children and you know what I mean like classic 
indigenous lore type stuff. Wendigo, yeah, things yeah. like that. Kashtaka. Yeah. It's yeah. It fits right in with all those. For sure. So again, that's that's a base layer that a lot of the stuff could be based on when they mm-hmm. created yeah, the rake I mean, in the first place. What what better way to take something that's already terrifying and then use that to make something even more monstrous? Yeah, spice it up. Right, exactly. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like that influence definitely is there for sure. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of this is just one and the same. So the big question I had going into this was 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 that basically. Like, did did the creation of the rake was that the genesis of the pale crawler, or was the is the pale crawler just the, a modern iteration of something that's been around for a long time and inspired the creation of the rake, right? Like chicken yeah, or the egg. I'm I'm definitely gonna, you know, have to agree with the latter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I fall into that camp too. Just because there's so many over the years. Yeah. I I mean, even even though like we have because uh, I, I guess when it goes back into this like pre- creepypasta stuff, yeah. um, you know, this coming out and finally having its, you know, base like overall overall story and everything and backstory and everything all established in twenty thirteen that has quote unquote quote reports as far back as what you said like 2003 or something like that right those were the modern ones right exactly but then they suppose like in the story they wrote they there were all these like relics that okay yeah yeah stuff from the 70s stuff from the 19th century like stuff that goes way back but you know that was all created Mm -hmm. as part of the narrative which I mean, I definitely have to hand it to him. Obviously, I mean, you know, I think I think there was a lot of influence there, but to be so, to like establish this so well and so in depth is yeah. tremendous. Yeah. It's it, we've gone on we've got onto this topic a lot lately, um, talking about cryptids and forming cryptids and stuff like that. Um, but just being able to develop such a like an in depth backstory and all these old old accounts and stuff like that i think is is awesome yeah man and that's what really like gives it that authenticity even if is this is something inspired by something that's been around for hundreds if not thousands of years yeah but regardless modernized and into this this thing we now know as this thing with a name yeah you know it's just it's really cool it's just really cool to see like that progression yeah, they even built in like a little bit of um like conspiracy intrigue stuff where like supposedly there's like an information blackout on it in 2006. Right. See, that's that's even cooler. It adds to like Yeah. You know, it makes you think, "Huh, okay, maybe maybe there's something real to this." Even I though mean, at the end of the day, it was literally just a bunch of things yeah, thrown together. Spaghetti. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's that it's building modern folklore. Mhm. That's And I think it's amazing. I think, like, stuff like The Rake and, like, Slender Man, I think they have just as important a seat at the table as these cryptids that everyone, as Bigfoot, as the Jersey Devil, as, you know what I mean? Like, it's all modern folklore. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. It's a lot of this, and and I, I, not as much these days, but I used to heavily frequent, like, No Sleep Reddit and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um... And a lot of other like 
scary story subreddits and stuff, but just learning and hearing about all these just modern, these modern either like things that are developing into this almost folklore and stuff like that is, I think it's awesome. And this is like, it's almost this, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it, but like this generation's folklore that's going to exist for probably for a long time, you know, in history, there's going to be, you know, years down the line, they're going to be like, yeah, back in such and such time, there was this internet thing that was, what's the internet at that point? Probably. But this thing called, you know, Slenderman and blah, blah, blah. And then people are going to be, you know, know this as something else probably by that point. Um, you know, but like just, yeah, just to think about, cause we talk about a lot of folklore, like folklore and urban legends and stuff. And they come from somewhere. Yeah. And we're seeing that materialize here, which is cool. Yeah. Which is super cool. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I like, I like thinking about the fact that that teacher explaining this time period where the rake and slender man were created. They'll first have to explain that the internet used to be considered a separate thing from reality. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just like some secondary consciousness, you know, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yep. Which that's what I want, man. Like I, I just want to experience <laughs> yeah. that. That's why I keep telling you I want to live to be like two hundred years old. Oh, I agree. I want to see what happens. Like if if I could if I could like even just freeze myself for a hundred years. Sure, dude. I so would. Just to get a glimpse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. That's. I I think that's and this is a whole different, the <laughs> whole yeah. other direction of this episode, but. I mean, just to let the listeners know, like, we're both closet futurists. Yes, extremely, <laughs> extremely. Yeah. Like, you know, that's that's my my just whole issue with dying is that like I'm gonna miss out on all this future shit, which is gonna yeah. be cool. All this badass progress, exactly. Us working yeah. with aliens, us, yeah. You know, having these stargations and yeah, integrating our minds with AI. Exactly. Like, man so much yeah nobody's gonna leave like nobody's gonna have a reason to leave their houses like they're gonna sleep in pods and then everything else is just gonna happen while they just people are gonna live forever at that point dude i'm so in yeah it's gonna be awesome (laughs) i just gotta figure out a way to get back (laughs) i hate the matrix for me for killing so many futurist ideas by making it sound all look evil I mean, you know yeah, I mean? of course. Like, I mean, such a but the more we integrate AI and in with everything, and we've had this conversation too, but sure, the more we integrate AI into everything, the more negative I think it's eventually going to become. Regardless, I don't know, and it's going to, you know, I think we'll 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 head down that uh, that you know that uh, that route or you know down that kind yeah. of negative. Uh, negative thing that that's going to eventually end up producing or causing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just see it. I see it end up being a negative thing. Eventually. You think the negativity comes from the resistance, like people resisting against. No, not necessarily. I think it's just, uh, you know, you think it's a bad idea. AI becoming self-aware at that point. Sure. And you think that would be bad for people? I think that could be. It could be bad. Yeah. Especially, 
you have the rise of AI and, you know, where it's like takes over and doesn't like the way that, uh, you know, humans, people are doing things. So it starts yeah. to do them by itself. And then eventually AI is in control, not us anymore. I don't know if that's such a bad thing, though. It might not know. be. I could see I could see it. I don't know. Going both ways. Yeah. Possibly. Life might get really fucking cool. If AI you're right. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Or it could go really badly. Sure. Sure. It could, I guess. <laughs> there. I mean, there's that caught that played upon story over and over again of AI going like, well, people aren't necessary. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Stop the food deliveries. And and again, <laughs> you know, that, I think throughout history, we've we've gotten to this point. I think we've probably gotten to this point numerous times. Maybe something happens later on or, you know, maybe they reach a certain other point where AI is even just beyond AI. Or whatever else that shuts down humanity. And basically we have to start over again. I think we have to consider the possibility that human beings might exist solely for the purpose of creating That's, the next life form. I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah, that kind of heightened consciousness and evolved yeah. f- form of I guess the human race. I mean, maybe human beings go... I mean, it would at least be a reflection of human beings, right? So, in some ways, maybe human beings going away and leaving the planet to in more capable hands is actually a a good story at the end that could be you know yeah i mean that could that could be awesome you know who's to say one day humans won't uh, you know we won't die out and it'll just all be technology right after that yeah maybe by the time earth is cooperating with all those star nations like you were talking about maybe what they're interacting with is ai not human beings maybe by then ai is the sole life form on yeah. the planet and not not people and that's extremely trippy to think about it is it really is it's an it's it, honestly it's an awesome concept but it's almost terrifying and it like in yeah. itself yeah that's the future you don't want to live 200 years into right i mean like, just to see it happen would be cool yeah or <laughs> get a, a third party glimpse yeah exactly right yeah or if I could just have like my, I guess my consciousness dropped into a computer, and the AI can run like everything else. Yeah. But I get to like sit, you know, sit back and watch it play out like a movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm into that too. That'd be cool. Yeah. I just realized that what we're talking about is literally a plot point in, um, in what's it called the. I always forget the name of it. Seth MacFarlane's space show. Oh, uh, the Orville. Yeah, yeah, and the Orville. Yeah, their AI person comes from a planet of AIs That's where true. they killed yeah. all of their creators. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, this has nothing to do <laughs> with the rake. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> but anyway, know. thank you for after that huge me, digression. Right. Yeah, the um, okay, couple more ideas about pale yeah pale crawlers. Yeah, yeah. One is that they're ghosts. I that like what I was talking about, yeah. Yeah. That it's like it's basically uh I don't even really hundred percent understand how that would work. But like there really aren't 
any real reports of people of them touching people or really hurting people physically yeah it's i mean it's general weirdness it's and they see these sort of entities mostly they see them like from a distance or they get spooked basically by it them sparks that feeling of dread and yeah. you know terror in them yeah which I guess could could fall in that line, but there's also a theory that I think you'll dig, which is this is like another alien race. I was getting ready to say aliens that people, yeah, that people are seeing. I mean, that's that's definitely possible. Sure, you have I mean, this completely pale, naked thing that can run on fo- all fours, but also stand on two legs. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's like a some extended version of like the greys or something yeah could be i mean it's just as likely as any other alien yeah. race oh, yeah, story sure. right mm-hmm. yeah which, so i have a couple no oh, go ahead i was gonna say which you know that like the idea of that is is super cool yeah, yeah i like, I like another... that or, or ghosts yeah i think yeah i could definitely be be two things to really explain it i have a couple um Pale crawler encounters that I picked off the internet. All right, let's hear them. To read to you. Okay. Me and my family. You can tell this is Reddit. My right family away. and I. <laughs> right. People don't give a shit. <laughs> it just still bothers me. Like I know like, I have so much trouble reading. This yeah. is why I'm not a message board guy. I. I, I'm just gonna break it here really quick. I've recently stumbled upon this. Uh, it, it, I saw like this. It was like a meme or something. It was like I picked up this. Um, it, it's basically like a woke version or like a Gen Z version of Harry Potter. Yeah, and it's written extremely funny. Like it, uh, where where something they forget the first chapter is called in the sorcerer's stone or philosopher's stone whichever you read or want to call it um Uh it's something like dead but whatever but they call it uh something something unalived and just some stupid stuff (laughs) and it's extremely hard to read just because like i'm not all like you know super into Up on all that right exactly yeah but it's extremely funny and i that's just what it makes me think of like people just not giving a shit like this is yeah. this new generation of you know we write in all lowercase letters and dude say this whole story things. is in lowercase yeah letters. i'm not surprised There's like they're the only punctuation in this whole thing is commas <laughs> <laughs> it fucking drives me nuts dude yep Ugh. All right, anyhow, back to it. Okay, yeah, okay. Me and my family have been seeing some stuff over the years, and to me it's terrifying. (laughs) Some stuff and things. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have only experienced it two times. The first time when I was like seven. And this is, how big an asshole do you have to be to write the word like? Like, Like I say like way too many times. Oh, I know. It drives me nuts Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, but who... Who Who's actually says that as they're writing or yeah writes it yeah. out? I, I, I honestly <sighs> I can't tell you it's this new generation. Yeah, this entire story, lowercase letters, only commas. Yeah, nope, that's okay. it, man. That's exactly yeah. it. Okay, 
I have only experienced it two times. The first time when I was like seven. And this is the worst paranormal thing I have witnessed looking back. But I went in the kitchen and looked out the back door and saw something laying down like a dog was... Like a dog was looking at me. Like eye contact. <laughs> like one, eye contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one eye was yellow and the other was green. I tell everyone in the living room something is outside and when they check, it's literally gone. It, this guy is melting my brain. <laughs> I picked this one for a reason, so bear with me. All right. The second time I seen it yep. was when I was going to get firewood for the stove. And as soon as I open the door, something right there moves extremely fast, causing me to jump back. Like really fast. Other, like so fast. Ugh. Other members of the family have experiences too, like my sister who was taking the dog out to use the bathroom. There is an old woodshed that we don't use anymore, but that's where the dog used the restroom. And my sister said it looked at me, which was absolutely terrifying. I took the dog out once and it was the same spot. I turn around. Jesus. Could this guy pack any more tenses into this story? I turn around and look at a big bush. <clears throat> <laughs> it starts shaking violently. <laughs> I force the dog to move with me back to the house. This is the weirdest fucking part yeah, of the story. Turn you into, ready? Into Debbie Does Dallas for a second when he turned around <laughs> and saw a big bush. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yeah. My grandmother liked to be in her car while watching stuff and drinking beer. <laughs> That's a good okay. place to be, I guess. It is. But one time, it ran past the front of her car, and she couldn't leave. She asked us to go out there and escort her back. She doesn't do that anymore, and it was like her favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> So you have this grandma here just getting blitzed just in, her, in, the car. in her car, and she's going <laughs> to leave after that, too? I guess. And I man, Like, that's, yeah. Like, that's awful. Not sure, not sure if this is the same thing or if it's related, but another time when I was seven, I woke up and something whispered my name. This scared the absolute shit out of me, and I went crying to my older sister. This happened again when I was, like, ten... Not ten, like ten. And they were both they were both coming from the back porch where I saw it laying like a dog. Speaking of my older sister, a while ago she was going up to the house through the back field, which was really high grass at that point. She and her friends stopped because of some rustling somewhere close, and something full sprint was going toward them, and they run to the house quickly as possible. We haven't had much happen recently until a few weeks ago. I was on a call with someone, walking with my sister, and I was messing around screaming for some reason. Me and my sister hear something scream back. We both look at each other and go inside. We live in the woods, not close to much, so that really freaked me out. There at least was a trend around Appalachia n called Not Deer, which is another thing we're going to talk about at some point. It's fucking weird. Okay. My father was with one of his friends and they were hunting. They see a skinwalker because the deer they saw ran and hid behind a tree, which kept peeking at them. Eventually it runs off, but it's much smaller. His huh. friend got pictures of his his friend got pictures of its footprints, 
Which could be actual proof, but I can't get the pictures. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> the place they were was close, but not on our property. One of my biggest fears is one of our dogs coming back from outside and it not being our dog. And it gets inside. That last line made makes the whole thing worth reading. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's fucking terrifying. I mean, yeah. It'd be like his dog, but like not not like his dog. <laughs> exactly. It'd be like like his dog. Yeah. But like not at all his dog. Yeah. <laughs> like her favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's fair. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> just Just strictly how that was all worded. And you attempting to read that just made yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I appreciate that. I probably didn't even pay attention to the story, just listening to the... <laughs> just the best just little listening parts. To me, just listening to me be angry Especially about it. Especially the grandma sitting in her car watching stuff while drinking beer. Yeah, what does that even mean, watching stuff? She's, like, just staring out the windshield? She's or did she shows. have, like, YouTube? She had, like, YouTube pulled up? YouTube. Soaps. Soaps. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Grandma shows. Oh man. Alright. That but that, that last line freaks me out for sure. Oh I mean yeah, that would that would be that, that would be rough. Yeah. The idea of it like sneaking in like that. Looking like your dog, but like, it's like yeah. not your dog. My dog almost looks like a pale crawler already. <laughs> so it True. wouldn't be much of a transformation. If he just shaved her and she just kind of, yes. walk, yeah, dude, be nice and pale, yeah. lanky is, yeah, this yeah. can be. It's true. She is a baby giraffe. Yeah, I'll give you that. <sighs> okay, you want to hear another one? Yeah, this one is written better. Aw, <laughs> I know, bummer. <laughs> right. Okay. My girlfriend and I are renting a cabin in West Virginia. Great setting for a cryptid encounter. Of course. On Thursday, a nasty ice storm came through and knocked out the power. It has been out ever since. The whole county is dark and will be for a while. The animals are acting bold. Last night, my girlfriend and I walked out to the end of the long driveway to get something out of the car. Park by the house, asshole. Why are you parking at the end of a long driveway? Easier to back out, I guess. Maybe it's like snowy season and, you know, they don't want to have to drive down the long drive. Sure. I guess, yeah, it is a nice storm. So there you go. Okay. Her dog started staring at the edge of the field and went toward it. He is young, and so he gets distracted and does sometimes wander. He doesn't run away, but you'll look up and see him on the other side of the house or something. Anyway, my girlfriend runs to him and starts to bring him back when I spot something at the edge of the field. It's what the dog was looking at. I see it run across the road and into the field. It was very low to the ground and pale in color. It's too fast and dark to make out what it is, so I assume it's a coyote. So I call out to her, Hey, there's something over there, get back here. And she walks back over to me by the car. From there, we hold the light and shine it over that direction. I see its eyes looking at us. Then I see more sets of eyes, probably about seven in total. They're shifting up from below the hill in the field, hiding and peeking out to see us. At this point, we still think it's coyotes. So I keep the light on them while she gets what she needs from the car. 
The thing is, I kept my light and my eyes on them the whole time, and they seemed to stand up. Suddenly their eye shine would rise up as if they stood up on their back legs. Their eyes went from about one to two feet off the ground to easily five to six feet. I didn't mention this to her, and I just said, Coyotes, let's go inside. Throughout the night, we would have to go outside and put gas in the generator, as the power was still off. She held the flashlight, and I filled up the generator. Because teamwork. Makes the dream work. Absolutely. Every time. She is shining the light around, keeping an eye out for anything, as well as keeping the dog with us. She spots two sets of eyes about a hundred yards away at the bottom of the big hill that the house sits on. She says, something's down there. And I say, coyotes or deer? She says, whatever it is, it just doubled in size. And sure enough, I look, and these things are rising up and back down like the ones earlier. We have coyotes here. Everything about these events screams coyote to me. But I can't fathom how they stood up like that. I saw it run across the road. And though I did not get a good look at it, it was not a deer. It was fast and low to the ground, and it didn't bound and jump like the deer do. I've been thinking about it all day. Like it had to be a coyote. But then how did it get so tall? This, this sounds like Dogman to me. Yeah. This is like a dog, this is a Dogman encounter. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'd have to agree. But this is like, I like this one because it's a great example of the type of encounter that could have inspired part of the creation of the rake. Yeah. Without you know a doubt. I mean? Yeah. Agreed. Like, it's not quite this. It's not quite that. It's just like a weird thing in between. And it just has enough little details to, to grab and make a part of mm-hmm. this monster you're creating. And even like the, the thing, like it wasn't a deer. They ran it. They saw it run across the road. It wasn't a deer, it was too low to the ground and didn't, you know, kind of bounce or hop, you know, like you'd expect a deer. Yeah, Um, like shuffles. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that could literally, I mean, literally paint, paint a picture for the rake. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. All right. It would be, it would also just be terrifying looking out into... You know, out into the distance and seeing loose sets of eyes staring back at you. Oh, dude. It is scary. It is. I like seeing seeing coyotes in the wild is scary because there's so many of them. Yeah. Yeah, Like they're always in in big groups and, you know, they're small. But when there are 12 of them, like, yeah, you could be fucked. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of coyotes around here. Oh yeah, you know so not absolutely not extremely we saw, out of the ordinary. When we went on vacation last summer, we saw like it had to be at least six of them in a group. Nice, but they were like you could see them like passing by each other as they were walking through the trees, and like so it was kind of hard to count them. Yeah, you know, but like yeah, it was it's a little scary. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, you just. Especially in the dark, you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. And you don't know if they're going like to take around off you or, or try to attack yeah. or... Yeah, exactly. And people, as far as animals go, people suck in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not good at the dark. Oh, I, yeah. My, like, as I've gotten older, my, my vision at night is next to none these days. Yeah. That sucks. 
But yeah, those coyotes freaked me out a bit, and none of them even stood up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you're lucky there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think had they stood up, we'd be having a different discussion right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, <laughs> so where where do you land? Um, chicken or the egg? Which came first? I mean, obviously, I, I think the rake was inspired by you know these old you know possible old encounters, um, which we've talked a lot and, and ghost encounters that have these types of creature figures. Ghosts, sure. whatever, ghouls, um, or, you know, possible aliens. I mean, it, again, the description could match, like, some, some like, cousin to, like, the Greys or something like that, you know, similar in that yeah. regard. So, yeah, just kind of a combination helping to form the outward appearance of, of this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I think it was, I think it was definitely heavily influenced. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm right there with you. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think the rake is obviously fictional, right? Yeah, and it's oh, based yeah, on sure. it's just sort of an amalgam of all these all these creepy encounters that have been reported, like basically throughout human history. Mm-hmm. It just gives a name, like it's a, it puts yeah. like a name to a face, right? Yeah, and then in return, it's interesting that we gave a name to the face of the real phenomenon as well because they weren't referred to as pale crawlers until after the rake so it was like we have to find a way as a community to differentiate these real encounters from the creepypasta the creepypasta yep yeah so like what was previously sort of like a catch-all like oh it's just this weird looking thing you know as a side item on a bigger story yeah now it's it has a name exactly exactly and so yeah i mean it, as cool as it is it's uh yeah i mean I, I like i said i just think they're all kind of one and the same yeah i i i really like this one i really liked this one because it's like it's a study in sociology right mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's all social influences and the way like literature influences you know like new creations yep and the way as a subculture, the fourteen community reacted to the creepy pasta, and they're like, "We have to, we have to cut ties here between the two. Like, so we need to come up with a name, mm-hmm. yeah, to separate it from all those other possibilities or yeah. other things that it could be related to, right? Yeah, so that people coming forward with these encounters that actually, you know, had them or believe they had them." Don't you know they have to worry less about people going like, oh, that's just a creepy pasta. Mm-hmm. That's the rake. Yeah. Which I mean, the rake versus pale crawlers. I don't know. I think I would. I would lean more towards pale crawlers sounding almost more monstrous. Yeah, I like agree. the rake is a cool name. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but like if I heard like. Man, I saw these pale crawlers and be like, ooh. Yeah. Exactly. I saw this rake. Well, did you <laughs> clean up some leaves or what did you do with it? See, that's what's lame because the rake sounds sort of cool because you're you know, it's like an attack. Right. Right? Like to rake someone. But like when you realize that 
the name is inspired by the fact that it's low to the ground and it has a huge row of dull teeth, <laughs> like a, like an actual rake. Yeah. Like, yeah, it That's makes it sort <laughs> kinda of... Kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yep. Yeah. I, that was the most disappointing thing I learned while I, that's fair. This. That's fair for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. I think that concludes episode 81, Pale Crawlers in the Rake. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown. unknown.